Welcome to another edition of Reshaping America. This is your host, Kurt Flewelling. Um, geez, I don't even know where to start today, ladies and gentlemen. We are we are going to talk about the Christian left. And um, boy, there, there's some real troubling things that I've seen lately. The uh, as, as we all know that uh, who follow these uh, political machinations, the two runoff elections, the senatorial uh, runoffs in Georgia are absolutely pivotal to what our country is going to look like, what our world is going to look like if the Senate is the only firewall, if you will, to stop um, President Biden and a House of Representatives that has a plurality of Democrats. And um, so it's very critical. And I know Trump is... uh, and Pence are down in Georgia doing their best to try to whip up the masses, um, which may be to no avail, um, as, as um, many have chronicled. If the corruption that led to the debacle in Georgia and seven other states and probably more is still in place with um you know, drop boxes that no one um, really knows who has the key to and all sorts of crazy things like that, then, you know, it really doesn't matter if if these elections are not free and fair, if a plurality of Republicans come out and Democrats, for that matter, and vote for Kelly Loeffler and the other uh, Republican candidate, um, because the, the, the same things that that pushed Joe Biden over the top in a very, very um, uh, red state, Georgia. We're, we're not talking about Wisconsin or Michigan or any of Pennsylvania. Georgia is thoroughly red. And um, for the nonsense that happened in Georgia to happen, it can happen anywhere. So, you know, I digress a little bit saying this election is huge, but Again, if the process is not free and fair, it doesn't really matter what the actual vote count is. Democrats will find a way to do what they did um, about five weeks ago. But I digress. Um, What I'd like to talk about is I saw the debate um, between Kelly Loeffler, the current um, senator from the state of Georgia, and Pastor Raphael Warnock. And it disturbed me greatly and um, kind of uh, is a very good um, entree to talking about the Christian left, which I've chronicled in a, um, in a book, Reshaping America, several years ago. And it is a phenomenon. When I was researching for that book, I, I was well aware of the Christian right, as many of us are. But um, the Christian left was kind of an anomaly. It was kind of a weird, you know concept to me because heretofore in in a in a sane world if you just look at the platforms of the democrat party and the republican party and i know politicians how they govern how they legislate how they lead their own lives can can veer off drastically from any party platform but at least the party platform is a declarative of what the party presumes to stand for. And if you look at the Democrat party platform, it is um, far and away a, a, a platform that is not only um, 
a, a, a biblically um, sound platform, but it is downright hostile to the principles of God. So when, when I started doing that research and I said, Christian left, what the heck is the Christian left? Um, it really surprised me that not only was it a bona fide phenomenon, but is it was a phenomenon or a movement, if you will, that really was growing at the time. That was five years ago. And it's 2020 and it is steadily growing and it is problematic, not only um, from a doctrinal standpoint, when you go to one church or another and you don't hear a lot of, out of the word of God or probably worse, you hear um, selective things out of the Bible to tickle congregants ears, but pastors shy away from biblical truths that are really hold people's feet to the fire. And they are, they are things that people feel uncomfortable about, but nonetheless have to hear. Many of these churches pick and choose what they would like to, um, <clears throat> excuse me, highlight. And uh, Raphael Warnock, uh, a self-proclaimed, uh, are you seated, ladies and gentlemen, pro-choice pastor. That defies comprehension. And we could do a whole show on just the pro-choice pastor thing, and I think I will. But um, before we start, what I'm going to do is um, I gave you a little setup. We're going to talk about the Christian left, the social justice left, if you will. Um, and there is no better way to start with a couple of things here. Um, first, our friend Warren Wearsby, um, uh, writer, uh, Christian, came up with a uh, with a saying that has just been used by so many pastors. And it, it really is, um, it underscores the problem that we have in this culture today with people that pick and choose parts of the Bible that they like, and they cloak their agendas in um, love. So Wearsby's comment that I allude to often on this show, and uh, it fits very perfectly uh, in talking about Pastor Warnock. Uh, it is truth without love is brutality, and love without truth is hypocrisy. I'm going to say it again. I need you to really digest every word and pause on it and think about what Mr. Wearsby is saying. Truth without love is brutality, and love without truth is hypocrisy. So where we are with that statement that is just packed with so many things that we should try to take in. The first part of it alludes to love. Now, admittedly, there are many, I'm using quotes, you can't see them on the radio here, fundamental Christians today that are modern day Pharisees, if you will. They, um, they know the law backwards, forwards, and sideways. They will keep it to the best of their ability in their lives and certainly monitor your lives to make sure that you are, quote unquote, a good Christian. Um, but when it comes to correcting you for not being a good Christian or a truth seeking Christian or a law loving Christian, they certainly their love 
for their fellow Christian or um, potential Christian or somebody that's sniffing around and wants to know what the Christian faith is all about. Those individuals, their love for that individual oftentimes is certainly lacking. And um, that is evidenced by the fact that many people who may not be churched or may not have their whatever together who go into a church, many of these individuals don't even have to say a word. They just glare. And many of these people that are sniffing around and want to know a little bit more about Christianity, they run for the hills and they should run for the hills. But the sad part about that is they identify Jesus Christ or they 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 look at Jesus Christ and they look at these quote-unquote ambassadors of Christ and they say, I, I want nothing to do with Christianity if this is what Christianity is all about. So having the truth, which is the law basically, without a profound amount of love for your fellow man or woman is brutality. I think Wearsby hits the nail right on the head. It is brutality. That There's nothing more brutal than to quote the truth and do it in the most unloving, unproductive way that you could possibly do it. And that is the definition of, of um, the Pharisees of biblical times. And there are many fundamental Christians that fit that um, description today, and that's a problem. However, the second part of Wearsby's statement is what I'd like to focus on today, because the second part of Wearsby's statement really does underscore the profound problem that we have with the Christian left movement, and that is, and love without truth is hypocrisy. What does that mean? That means our friends on the Christian left like to um, champion and pervert the Bible when it comes to illegal immigration, when it comes to same-sex marriage, when it comes to defending um, criminals that harm people and assault uh, and kill police officers. So their love for those individuals, which they should indeed have, without nary a mention of the laws, the truth, that those individuals are violating or urinating on or um, not respecting the Constitution, which is based on Judeo-Christian principles, is clearly hypocrisy. So that is at the cornerstone of the problem with the Christian left. They will beat the love drumbeat all day long. Um, but when it comes to uh, a respect for the rule of law, the truth, the Constitution, law, order, um, they're very light in that area. And it is a very perverted view of Jesus Christ. And, and they, they feel that Jesus Christ is love, which he is indeed. But they somehow think that the New Testament is a, um, a repudiation of the Old Testament and, and the laws uh, that were in place are, are, are somehow to be flouted now or not concerned with. And my contention is Jesus Christ is certainly love, but Jesus Christ is God and he is truth. And Jesus Christ's respect and concern for love is certainly no more or no less 
than his profound reverence for the truth. Um, if Jesus Christ is God, and God the Father gave Moses the Ten Commandments, which are rules and regulations, basically, um, are you telling me, if you're on the Christian left today in 2020, that Jesus is all about love, and he just kind of forgets about the the biblical truths that are in the uh, Torah? No, that's ridiculous. Um, it, it is a perverted um, cake and eat it too way of looking at Christianity. Now, with that set up, let's go into, and these are his words, not mine, pro-choice pastor Raphael Warnock. He is the pastor of a Baptist church in Georgia. Um, right there and there, you, you would think that that pastor would not be pro-choice, but he certainly is. And we'll get to some of his very disturbing comments um, in when he debates um, Kelly Loeffler. And one of the biggest problems I have with guys like Raphael Warnock, and it is problematic with many on the Christian left, is they contort, pervert, and selectively use and twist Bible verses to promote agendas that have nothing to do with the Word of God, but had everything to do with enriching themselves or getting elected. That's why, ladies and gentlemen, as much as many of you think it's tawdry to talk about religion and politics, it has to be done. Because here's a classic example of a man who, if he gets elected, the balance of power in the United States Senate can shift, and the next two years of our lives could be horrible because of it. So um, not only is that frightening, and not only is this guy radical, but even if those two th things were not in play, if anybody uses Christ to get to where they need to go, particularly in politics, or takes the Word of God out of context, which this quote-unquote pastor does with regularity— it is profoundly disturbing, and it is something that God is very, very concerned with, and you should be as well. Um, so, as we said, Raphael Warnock is a pro-choice pastor. Um, many other things that are extraordinarily disturbing um, that have come out of Raphael Warnock's mouth. Um, he compared Israel to an apartheid South Africa. Um I don't know. Does he worship the God of Israel? Does he worship Jesus Christ, the King of the Jews? Um, does he know what he's talking about or who he is talking about when he compares Israel to apartheid South Africa? Um, again, we get into the, uh, he has called police gangsters, thugs, bullies, a threat to our children. And these are comments, again, that are not just his opinion that he's giving in a uh, in a debate or a town hall uh, setting or an interview with a uh, reporter. He's doing this from behind the pulpit, um, the sacred pulpit. So this is very concerning stuff as far as I am concerned. Um, demagoguing or as I said before, using scripture selectively and out of context 
in order to get elected, further an agenda, assail somebody um, in a manner that is just not true or warranted is, is stuff that God really, really hates. The scripture is, is um, no doubt to be used to educate, but it is not to be used um, to pervert this or that or the other. And we will get to um, uh, a verse that um, Raphael Warnock tried to use, uh, Matthew 6, 24, and we'll read that in a moment, to paint his opponent as something that she just certainly is not. And that, that is really, really troubling. And do not take my word for it, Mr. Um, Christian News Guy here. Um, Tony Dungy, who is well-respected um, in many uh, circles, uh, wrote um, uh, some things about uh, Pastor Warnock that were very disturbing, and he, he agrees with me. And, um, and I think when somebody like Tony Dungy makes a comment about things like this, it's it's to be taken seriously. I'm a guy in the radio with an opinion. Tony Dungy is just a pretty soft-spoken guy that tries to sidestep politics as much as he can. Um, I don't even think he's, you know, ultra conservative. I don't know if he's a Republican or a Democrat, but I do know that he has um, skirted political issues in the past when asked about them, and um, he is not a bombastic crazy conservative, if you will. I think that's what I'm trying to convey to you. And this article says, Tony Dungy questions Christian faith of Raphael Warnock after a tweet saying he's a pro-choice pastor. And this article says, Hall of Fame football coach Tony Dungy took issue with Democratic Georgia Senate candidate Raphael Warnock's declaration that he is a pro-choice pastor. I, I just choke on that every time I read it. And again, we'll get to some scripture that um, that Pastor Warnock should acquaint himself with before he makes public declarations like this. It says, uh, Reverend um, Warnock may be a pastor, Dungy said, um, who was the head coach of the NFL for 13 years. Uh, my question would be, is he a Christian? That's pretty strong. And believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, um, there are pastors out there, reverends, whatever you want to call them, that are not saved. <laughs> it's mind-boggling to me, but um, you once in a while hear stories about pastors that said, yeah, I've, I've come to the Lord Jesus. And you say, what, what do you mean you've come to the Lord Jesus and you're saved? been a pastor for 25 years. And they will tell you, uh, to the glory of God, that they were faking it. They were, they thought they might have been one thing. They were doing, going through the motions. And um, it's very troubling, but disturbing. And, and you know, Tony Dungy asserts, um, you know, is, is uh, he may be a reverend, but is he a Christian? So that is, does he follow the teachings, um, Mr. Dungy says, of Jesus, and does he believe that the Bible is the absolute word of God? Um, and that was the tweet that um, Tony Dungy put out. Dungy added in another tweet, I would think it would be difficult for someone who believes that God sees us when we are in the womb, Psalm 139, 13 through 16, to think that it is okay 
to choose not to bring that life to fruition. Dungey was uh, responding to a tweet from Warnock, a senior pastor at Atlanta's Ebenezer Baptist Church um, for the last 15 years, in which Pastor Warnock stated he was a pro-choice pastor. Um, And that is a tweet um, very recently ago, um, actually a couple days ago. I am a pro-choice pastor. Um, Just really... I don't know where to begin, but I will make a couple of comments. You know, it is 2020. It's a weird year. But if you and I, ladies and gentlemen, are living in a world where a pastor, not of a fringe, lunatic, cultic type group, but a, a mainstream denomination, baptism, Baptist church, at Atlanta's Ebenezer Baptist Church, it, it, you know, I, I would think that before Mr. Warnock got there, it, it had some degree of credibility um, when thought of. Uh, for, for somebody to be a reverend of a mainstream church in the year 2020, to just tweet out a very simplistic, I am a pro-choice pastor, um, I, I don't know how, if you are a faith-based voter, either a Democrat or Republican or an independent or whatever you want to call yourself, I don't know how you vote for somebody like that, let alone go to a church like that. But ladies and gentlemen, those churches are thriving and they are growing and they are churches that don't really respect too much Warren Wearsby's comment that love without truth is hypocrisy. They dance around solid, unassailable black and white scripture and they don't, um, they don't preach on it. They don't want to step on toes. They just want to fill the pews. So, and I said this to a buddy of mine the other day, the, the only thing that is more troubling than the, um, the chutzpah of Raphael Warnock, reverend, to get out there and say, I'm a pro-choice pastor. The only thing more troubling than that is the reason he can say that. And if we were living in a sane world 20, 30, 40 years ago, Raphael Warnock, if he had the guts to say something like that, would be preaching to the crickets. There would be no one in his church. Um, The fact that he has an audience, A, and B, that that audience, for some really bizarre reason or reasons, is overlooking the profundity of that crazy statement. And they are not only coming to church every Sunday, but they're throwing money in the plate and they're supporting this guy. That's the real troubling part of this. Raphael Warnock is a symptom of a greater problem. He cannot say these things in a world where he would be roundly and soundly um, uh, shouted down from from every angle of Christianity for saying something so crazy. But the fact that he has an audience is the real troubling part of this. And this is where we talk about the social justice left. Um, and it is a, uh, a ever-growing group of individuals who may have their own brand of Christianity and may like going to a church where nobody judges nobody. With a wink and a nod, we put the Bible down, we shove it under the table, 
And we kind of look at one another and we know what sin is going on in that person's life or that person's business or, or work or whatever. And we just kind of with a wink and a nod say, if you have your little pet sin, I'll keep my little pet sin. And the guy in the third row has his pet sin. And the guy that we're supporting and throwing money in the plate to support and all the deacons and the elders who have blood on their hands, um, we're all just going to look the other way and we're going to talk about how wonderful the emperor's new clothes are with nobody standing up and saying, hey, the emperor's naked. He doesn't have new clothes on. He's naked. But when we go to these churches, these rainbow cross churches, these churches that call police officers thugs and criminals um, and, a, and a detriment to society and particularly our children, when we go to these places and we have our own pet sins that we don't want anybody to um, bring to the fore, then these churches grow and their pastors more or less have to speak about or not speak about whatever their congregants want them to speak about or not speak about. And that is the quintessential definition of the tail wagging the dog. So um, we go on with this article that uh, talks about Tony Dungy here. It says, in another tweet responding to criticism over his original comment, Dungy said, please read Psalm 139, 13 through 16, which we will do on this show in a moment. Then tell me if you think God puts babies in the womb, or man does, if you believe that they randomly get there, then I have no argument. But if you believe God puts them there, then how does anyone have a right to choose one's survival? Well put, Mr. Dungy. Warnock is set to face off against Georgia's Republican Senate Kelly, uh, Senator Kelly Loeffler in a runoff election next month that will decide which political party controls the Senate for the next two years. Um, and it goes on to say real clear politics. Um, their average of polling suggests that the race is a dead heat. And as I said at the start of my show, it doesn't really matter if it's a dead heat or not. Um, Stacey Abrams is, is working um 50 hours a day, if there were 50 hours in a day, on all sorts of ways that um, this election can be stolen, like the previous election five weeks ago was stolen. Um, and uh, so it really doesn't matter. I, I know this is my cynical side coming out here, but to think that all of these lawsuits and all of this drumbeat about election reform is really going to do anything from November 3rd till January, like in, in two months, um, you're kidding yourself. So if God intervenes and every vote in the state of Georgia that goes to either of those candidates is legitimate, as I said before, um, Georgia is clearly a red state. Is it getting more blue? Yeah, but it is not a blue state. And runoff elections uh, almost universally go to the Republican in that state for a whole host of reasons. So, but I am not confident, and I hate to, um, you know, spread discouragement to my listening audience, but I am not. But God is in control, and we'll see what happens. 
what made me start to, um, you know, kind of my wheels turning, excuse me, to decide to speak about Raphael Warnock, as I said earlier in the show, was um, I watched a little of the debate between Kelly Loeffler and uh, Raphael Warnock. And um, I'm taking this out of a publication called Savannah Now. And this is um, some words or, or some uh, some thoughts uh, attributed to both Kelly Loeffler and Raphael Warnock as it um, pertains to abortion. And the article from a couple days ago here says, on Sunday, U.S. Senate candidates Kelly Loeffler and Raphael Warnock squared off in their first televised debate for the Georgia race with national implications. The incumbent Loeffler and her opponent Warnock primarily stuck to their debate talking points on topics such as abortion, defunding the police, COVID-19 relief, and health care. Warnock, a pastor who leads the historic Ebenezer Baptist Church, and Loeffler, who described herself as the most conservative candidate in the race, both addressed their positions on abortion, a key voting issue for many Georgians. Um, so the article starts with, Kelly Loeffler says this about abortion. And I will read this because it's very important to know um, what's going on. If you don't live in the state of Georgia, it's certainly going to affect you how the Senate um, ends up in a few weeks. But even beyond politics, you need to know that there are pastors, and I use that term very loosely out there, that are like Raphael Warnock. Um, Jeremiah Wright comes to mind uh, some 12 years ago, and the media finally did their job after a year of just, you know, not connecting the dots between Barack Obama and Jeremiah Wright and all the wonderful things he said about Jeremiah Wright, a flaming racist, a flaming anti-Semite. Um, and there are more Jeremiah Wrights out there, and it's very troubling when you hear them and you see them. So... Um, Kelly Loeffler said this about abortion. I am not going to be lectured by someone that uses the Bible to justify abortion, to attack our men and women in the military. You know what's happening here is someone who will not own up to their own record of division. He has called on Americans to repent for their worship of whiteness. That's divisive. That's hurtful. He celebrated Jeremiah Wright, anti-Semite. He actually called Israel an apartheid state that is wrong for America. And I'm going to continue to make sure Georgians understand that that is him in his own words. Um, she goes on to say, and I think she did a very good job of this. I'm a Christian. I'm a person of deep faith. I don't need a lecture from someone who has used the Bible to not only justify attacking our military, that's not in Matthew 6, 24. And in Matthew 6, 24, um, she goes on to say, it doesn't say you can't serve the military and God, but he's also used the Bible to justify abortion. I cannot stand by and let Georgians not know, or she says, not, not know my, who my opponent is and how radical his views are and how he would fundamentally change our country. He's out of step with George's values. Um, 
And now we go to the comments that are just absolutely indefensible and blood curdling and chilling to the core. And what kind of led me to want to talk about Raphael Warnock today? This is Raphael Warnock's views on abortion. Okay, and we um, gonna have to permit me. I'm gonna take this slow. I'm gonna take it line by line because you cannot gloss over how profoundly disturbing these comments are. I have a profound reverence for life and an abiding respect for choice. Right there, that is um, oxymoronic. It is void of any degree of logic. It is um, perverted. It is insane. And I could go on and on and on. I have a profound reverence for life and an abiding respect for choice. If that is not political doublespeak, I don't know what is. The question is, whose decision is it? Well, let me park on that one. If you are a reverend, Mr. Warnock, you don't have to ask the question, whose decision is it? If you went to Bible college, seminary, wherever your pedigree happens to come from, I'm pretty sure that that question was answered very early on in your educational process. The question is, whose decision is it? Stupid question, Reverend Warnock. It is God's decision. It is nobody else's decision but God. If God so blessed that womb with a little bundle of joy, um, then it is God's decision to make sure that that life goes to fruition. Or if he decides not to for some mysterious reason that is above my pay grade, that is God's decision and God's decision only. His next insane statement. And I happen to think that, that, that a patient's room is too small a place for a woman, her doctor, and the U.S. government. Well, it may be a small room, and having the woman, her doctor, and laws, Judeo-Christian laws about murder, um, your contention may be that that room is too small for that, but how about God? Is he in this at all? Is, is, is he in that room at all, Reverend Warnock? Just, just insane, chilling comments that I'll be kind. He probably doesn't know how profound they are in the ears of God. But if I'm not kind, and he kind of does know, but he just wants to ignore that, that's very silly. That's very stupid. That's very naive. Um, you cannot be a reverend, an ambassador of Christ, somebody that the Bible holds to a higher standard and say something like the room is too small for a woman, doctor, and U.S. government and not even acknowledge the God who you serve every Sunday. Just amazing. This next sentence, I think there's too many people in the room. Well, according to you, there's not enough, um, or there, there may be too many. According to me, there's one shy, and that is God. And um, I'm just very troubled by these statements. But those who are concerned about life, he continues, and I certainly am, ought to be focused on the incredible high rates of infant mortality and maternal mortality in our country when compared to other developed nations.
where do we start with that one? He wants us to be concerned with high rates of infant mortality and maternal mortality. Well, maybe he should give that lecture to the New York legislature who um, all stood up in a standing ovation when legislation passed that uh, legalized infanticide. If you have a botched abortion and that baby is fortunate enough to make it outside the mom, um, you can uh, legally not render assistance to that baby in the state of New York. And that decision was met with a resounding standing ovation in the in the New York State Legislature a couple years ago. And maybe Mr. Warnock could lecture them, fellow Democrats all, about uh, infant mortality. Maybe he could. I don't know. That's something that government could work on. And I've been working on that my entire career. Um, this guy is scary. And um, as much as corruption is really rampant all over this country, as far as elections are concerned, as, as much as the governor of Georgia is absolutely engaging in doublespeak and, and not leading, and many other, uh, the secretary of state, many others in that state, I think that this guy is so radical that even in a climate where the Stacey Abrams of the world are trying uh, as hard as they can to steal another election, I think Kelly Loeffler is on some pretty sound ground here. And um, the other uh, senatorial race uh, may be uh, a little closer, uh, but I think at the end of the day, this one, because of this guy's radical, radical uh, views and the fact that even some centrists would adhere to the commonsensical principle that a reverend probably should be a little less, um, I don't know, wacky than this guy is. But um, let's get to some scripture. Uh, Mr. Dungy uh, referred to Psalm 139, 13 through 16. And let me read that. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body all the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Now, um, again, these are rhetorical questions unless Mr. Warnock allows me to interview him, and I don't think that's going to happen. But if, if I could, I would ask um, Reverend Warnock, when those scriptures refer to you created me, I praise you, um, my frame was not hidden from you, your eyes saw my unformed body. Um, who is the you that the verses are referring to? Okay, we we um we conveniently left our most high God out of the birthing suite when Mr. Warnock makes his comments about the doctor and the the patient and the government, but. Nary a mention of God from the man of God. 
Now, should we be concerned with that? Yes, we should. Let's go on to some other verses. Um, Jeremiah 1, 5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Um, there are countless, countless verses on abortion. Exodus twenty thirteen, um, you shall not murder. Um, I think that one's rather blunt. Um, I don't know how you miss that, but um, obviously Reverend Warnock has. Genesis one twenty seven. so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. So um, we could go on and we could go on, but you do get the point. Um, I don't understand the pathology of someone other than what I laid out before. And I am certainly not a psychologist, um, but you know, I am a student of human nature. And if we were to go to a club where people with a wink and a nod don't judge others for the wrong that they are doing, I think that club would grow, it would thrive, and it would be somewhere where people are very comfortable being if they have some things that they don't want to address. And uh, that's not what God is all about. God is an antiseptic. We are supposed to um, come to him with our flaws and things in the Bible that make us uncomfortable, and we're supposed to talk to him about them and flush that out and figure it out and grow in Christ. We're not supposed to go to a quote-unquote house of God where they pervert the Bible or probably more accurately just avoid the um, the subjects that are sticky. Now, Mr. Warnock um, alluded to Matthew 6, 24, um, and uh, Senator Loeffler said he was referring to the military. When I first read that, that he was demagoguing that verse, I thought that that was... Um, and I still th kind of think it is because in, in the debate, he was um, throwing a lot of rocks at her for being a rich individual, a, a very wealthy woman. And he had used the the scripture, Matthew 6, 24, which says, no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Um the implication that Kelly Loeffler has served money when she goes into painstaking detail about her pedigree and how um, she started out working hard and developed um, into a, a, a businesswoman and her money seems to, at least from my research, be pretty legitimately um, earned. I, I don't see how you pervert that and refer to Matthew 6, 24. And, and, um, as, as far as that is concerned, the, the verse starts out, no one can serve two masters. Well, who the heck is Reverend, uh, Warnock serving when he makes, um, statements that I'm a pro-choice pastor? Is, is he serving his master up in heaven who he is, uh, purported to be an ambassador for every Sunday? Is he serving him? When he says, I'm a pro-choice pastor, 
I don't think he is. So again, this is a um, this is an illustration of um, the social justice left in the United States of America picking and choosing verses that they feel um, serve their political agendas. And that couldn't happen unless people in the community were okay with that or were biblically illiterate <laughs> or just, you know, have their own things in the closet that they don't want to come to the fore. So, um, I don't know. Uh, this next article says Warnock walks back comments comparing Israel to apartheid South Africa. Um, so Reverend Raphael Warnock, one of two Democrat challengers whose runoff elections in Georgia will shape control of the Senate during the early Biden administration, distanced himself from past remarks in which he criticized Israel's treatment of the Palestinians in some very stark remarks. In 2019, Warnock signed a statement about the Israeli occupation of the Palestinian territories that repeatedly mentioned apartheid and South America and South Africa. It was signed by a number of fellow Christian faith leaders who had traveled to Israel and the Palestinian territories. We saw the patterns that seemed to have been borrowed and perfected from other previous oppressive regimes. The statement read, it went on to compare walls around the Palestinian communities to the Berlin Wall and criticize the heavy militarization of the West Bank, which it compared to military occupation of Namibia, uh, excuse me, Namibia by apartheid South Africa. Um, just off the top of my head, the um, a commonsensical observation Whenever there is heavy militarization anywhere in the state of Israel, it's because if there's not, there is usually a heck of a lot of mortar fire coming back the other way at you, at um, citizens, at uh, religious uh, shrines uh, that are um, that pay homage to um, uh, the Jewish faith or the Christian faith. So when, whenever we see heavy militarization um, in, um, in the state of Israel, uh, I think that's there out of necessity. Um, I, I think Israel would probably not like to have um, heavy militarization in just about every aspect of their life, but they have no choice because if they put their guns down, they will simply be annihilated by people that um, call them pigs and feel that the Israeli state should not even exist on a map. So when I see a criticism that there's heavy militarization in Israel, I kind of have to scratch my head. Warnock, who was taking part in a virtual campaign event dedicated to the Jewish community Tuesday night, said, I do not believe Israel is an apartheid state, as some have suggested. He said the past comments were meant in the context of protecting the human rights of Palestinians and added that he has an increasing recognition of uh, Hamas and the danger that they pose to the Israeli people. Um, so uh, that statement is bizarre if you know anything about anything. He has an increasing recognition of Hamas. Did that increase when somebody um, t 
tapped you on the shoulder and said, you're saying a lot of anti-Semitic things. You're saying a lot of things against the Jewish state. Um, Did this epiphany that Hamas is some bad entity just kind of hit you over the head um, out of the blue? Or it's because people started publicizing your viewpoints and you are now running for the U.S. Senate and you can't seem to be that radical. Maybe your increasing recognition of the terrorist group, I might add, Hamas, is a danger. Um, Maybe it stems from your... um, political epiphany that you just now have because you have a runoff election coming. Again, um, convenient, convenient, convenient. Um, He goes on to say, it's a complicated situation, and it's one that I will always engage as a principled and honest broker with both um, affirms um, who both affirm human rights and at the same time is trying to get to a place where Israel can exist alongside its neighbor in peace. Again, you can't, when you have uh, an ignorant or an anti-Semitic audience, uh, foment hate and whip people up. And then when those um, crazy statements come to light, you can't back off of them and say, um, please vote for me in the state of Georgia. You you can't do that. with a straight face. But you know something? In 2020, you can. Uh, I'm looking at a picture right here of the two of them um, on the debate stage, and he looks totally normal, even though he has said some of the most outlandish, crazy things um, one could could say. Um, and again, when you do your research back to uh, the tech monopoly that we're all being held hostage by when you do your research on this and you type in Raphael Warnock uh, anti-Semitic comments or uh, Raphael Warnock's statements on Israel, guess what you get? You get a nice, clean, antiseptic version that Raphael Warnock and people that support Raphael Warnock want you to see. Um the first 15 um, uh, places that you go, references are to how Jewish leftist groups are supporting Raphael Warnock, um, more or less overlooking some of his crazy statements about the state of Israel, uh, comparing Benjamin Netanyahu to uh, terrible people in history. Um, so it's interesting. You, If you want to look at some of Raphael Warnock's true statements about the state of Israel and calling Israel um, very similar to a South African apartheid state, you have to do some digging. You have to go to page two or three well down the list because the antiseptic version that Google is going to give you is um, something that is quite different than um, the version that uh, people get when they are in this house of God, when Raphael Warnock foments his um, Jeremiah Wright type of um, rhetoric. So Kelly Loeffler, um, as we close the show here, um, has done a pretty good job of uh, concisely consolidating um, who Raphael Warnock is uh, 
it says in this article here, Kelly Loeffler wanted you to know Raphael Warnock is a radical liberal. And it says Kelly Loeffler drove home one main point in Georgia's Senate debate Sunday night, and she was labeling her opponent, Raphael Warnock, as a radical liberal. Loeffler said that the radical liberal Raphael Warnock had no place in peach state politics. She called him a radical liberal multiple times during the debate. The first time the two squared off in a head-to-head uh, in a runoff election in January that will help decide who controls the Senate. I cannot stand by and let Georgians not know who my opponent is, she said, how radical his views are and how he would fundamentally change our country. He's out of step with Georgia's values. Democrats want to fundamentally change America. Someone who has attacked police, attacked the military, and would raise taxes on hardworking Georgians by $2,000, the Republican uh, incumbent said. Loeffler repeatedly brought up comments Warnock made in 2011 saying, you can't serve God and the military. Um, Again, a ridiculous comment. Warnock says he was referring to a Bible passage and the comments were taken out of context. People will turn anything into a cynical political argument. Um, Cynical political argument. uh, Again, if you're a reverend and that those Bible verses or that Bible verse that we just chronicled about 10 minutes ago says you can't serve God and money. How in the world do you um, say or use it when you uh, are assailing the military and say you can't serve God and the military? It makes no sense, even though maybe his point was the industrial military complex is um, is a money maker for a lot of people and it costs a lot of money, a lot of tax dollars. But um Again, it makes no sense, which is not that outlandish for someone such as uh, Raphael Warnock. Uh, Warnock brought up Loeffler's attack ads that frequently resurrect his comments from the past. It is clear to me uh, my opponent is spending millions of dollars of her own money trying to push a narrative about me because she decided she does not have a case for why she should stay in the seat. She's the unelected senator, blah, 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 blah. Warnock has called police gangsters, thugs, bullies, and a threat to our children. And he has used the Bible to justify these types of attacks, Kelly Loeffler said. We are winding down. Um, All I can say is my thrust, again, to wrap around to how I started the show was, you need to know that there are people out there like Raphael Warnock. You need to be concerned with them. Um, you need to pray for them and be fearful that these people will, their knees will bow and they will meet their maker and they will have to explain to their maker why they are purposefully, knowingly perverting the word of God to further an agenda or enrich themselves. Um, that is something that you wouldn't want to wish upon your worst enemy. That That is probably the, the, the greatest of Raphael Warnock's uh, worries, that he will meet his maker and he will have to explain how he puts out tweets that I am a pro-choice pastor. Um, so my thrust today was to explain who this guy is a little bit more, but 
probably in a greater context um, that there is an ever-growing um, appetite for individuals like this and churches like this, and uh, it is scary. And we had to pray for these individuals. Um, as much as we may not want to, we do have to pray for them and their souls. This is Kurt Flewelling, Reshaping America. Until next week, have a great day.